Hello, everyone, and welcome to How to Japan. This is a podcast where two guys from two different countries who live in Japan talk about their life in Japan. Without further ado, let's begin our podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Yeah. 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 I'm. I'm. Uh, I'm keeping uh, keeping myself busy. How about yourself? Yeah, I think I'm uh, keeping myself busy too. I don't know. <laughs> I'm turning into one of these people who just repeats what the other person says. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm it's doing called, what uh, you just m- said. I just repeat it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, so you had a good week. Yeah, it was good. I um, we're we're still living and under a lockdown. Uh, here in Tokyo, I'm sure it's probably similar where you are yeah. down in the in the rural a rural area of Japan. Rural, it's a hard word to say, isn't it? Yeah, did I not say it right? No, you said it right. You said it perfectly. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's probably one of the worst words that Japanese have to actually learn rural. as a you know, in English. <laughs> it's like two two letters. That they've 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 had to struggle with their whole lives. Yeah. <laughs> so now they just say countryside. Yeah, the countryside. <laughs> Are you from a r- r- countryside area? <laughs> yeah, fuck it, countryside. Are you from the countryside? <laughs> it's more. It's urban and countryside. <laughs> we'll just keep it the, keep it at that. Yeah, we're we're here in the uh, what I guess you could call the countryside. And uh, people are not quite locked down, right? We can't really do the lockdown. Do the lockdown. We can't really do that dance yet. Um, it goes against the but, Constitution. Yeah, it's against the Constitution. So, um, which I, I read something about that, but uh, I don't want to. I don't want to say anything right now. But today we're going to talk about news. Yes, news. news. News in Japan. Exactly. So uh, these news stories, of course, they're you know the current event, things that are happening, pretty close to the time that we record. I don't know how relevant they will be by the time we actually release this podcast, <laughs> but we find them interesting nonetheless. Archaeologists <laughs> will be dusting off these electronic <laughs> devices. <laughs> The first person to hear it is from 2,000 years from now. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Okay, so... So, uh, Yeah? Yeah, go on. Oh, yeah. I I know that you've been collecting a lot of news stories, so I want to hear about what what you've found so far. Uh, Well, I... I came across some news stories for the last you know, the last few months since our last recording on Japanese news. Mm-hmm. And some of these uh, stood out to me either because I just found them interesting uh, or funny. Uh, but every one of them I felt were unique, mm-hmm. unique to Japan. And I couldn't really see many other countries having these kinds of stories in the news, making the right. news. Right. So, um, but there's also a, well, given our current circumstances, yeah, 
living in a living in a pandemic and i came across this article yeah which with a it was actually a term it was a term that they used in the article to describe japanese bureaucracy mm-hmm. and how the japanese government was late to um recognize the threat of the crisis that was unfolding uh of course there are you know mm-hmm. theories as to why they were so slow and not revealing numbers you know about the olympics because Jap- japan had staged the olympics here uh which was supposed mm-hmm. to start around now wasn't it or the soon olympics? it's supposed the olympics. to it was supposed to start in july oh right okay yeah. Uh, but I, that was like one theory I heard is that they were hiding numbers because they wanted to hold out as long as possible in order to still stage the Olympics. After all the money and resources they had put in mm. over the last know, three or four years or wh- whatever, how, how many years they've been spending uh, building up the infrastructure to, to support the Olympic Games. Um, but there's another... Uh, tell me if you know this. You, you speak pretty good Japanese. Mm-hmm. But have you ever heard of this? It's called uh, Kotonakare Shugi. Kotonakare Shugi. Um, I, I've never heard that before. It's literally yeah. no, no problemism. No problemism. <laughs> it's like shogunai. If you put shugi at the end of something, yeah, it's an ism type of thing going on. Uh, so that, yeah, okay, that's, that's an interesting take on, on the world of politics in Japan. It's... Uh, it was interesting to me because it brought up a term that I'd never heard before, mm-hmm. but uh, I think it, it runs very deep in Japanese psyche of yeah. how there's a like leaders have this sense of entitlement, which bre- breeds indifference and incompetence. Mm-hmm. And I thought, yeah, that, pre- that pretty much perfectly sums up the government. Yeah. Uh, sorry, go on. Oh no, I I just think. You know, when you think back to the 2011 Great East Japan earthquake, we have similar tendencies that occurred around Fukushima, right? Mm. News, the news came out and the representatives, especially one of the main representatives of the government at the time, a guy named Edano, he was constantly on the news telling us, there's no problem, don't worry about the explosions, Mm, Not mm, a mm. big deal. Hey, it blew up again. Don't worry. Denial. Yeah. So denial and inertia. Yeah. So and you got remember those ridiculous news reports. Well, we haven't been able to see it with our own eyes, so we can't really tell you if it's a meltdown or not. It's like mm, mm. you guys have nuclear physicists who have theories. We can't see an atom break in half to form nuclear energy but you know that it happens right (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah. but yeah you know so it's probably we have that similar mindset 
going on now. And I, I just want to talk about that point in 2011 as well, because one of the history, I might have mentioned this before, one of the history teachers at my school, he said, you know, in, in Korea, they closed down the schools after the Fukushima disaster, but kids were going to school the next day in Japan. Mm. Another country across an ocean closed their schools. But Japan was like, right. hey, we can do it. So that's uh, that can pretty much sum up how you can kind of predict what kind of reactions would, would happen because of this uh, pandemic. This is a part of the article uh, I'll read out. It's from okay. the New York Times. Okay. The Japanese bureaucracy is notoriously dominated by a culture of kotonakare shugi. Literally, no problemism, mm. which prioritizes stability and conformity mm. and shuns anything that might rock the institutional boat. Mm. Sound the alarm about an impending crisis and you might be blamed for causing it. Mm. Yeah, I and mean, that that's perfectly encapsulates, uh, I think, uh, what you're just saying. You just brought up the 2011... Um, crisis that japan went through and we're going through the exact fucking thing now remember uh, maybe this is kind of a minor thing compared to the earthquake but kansan the the prime minister at the time he was kind of being praised for his work but right before then there was talk by the ldp the opposing party who's basically been in power for more than 50 60 70 years but Kansan's party came into power just a little bit it was like a, a few year window where a different party had lead and but anyway the LDP was talking about raising the consumption tax and there was all this talk about it but then Kansan said yeah well you know I think we should raise the consumption tax and then the LDP went what how can you say that and then he the he lost confidence in the Everyone in the country lost confidence, so there was a snap election, and his party lost, and LDP went back into power. So there's this constant, like you're saying, this rocking the boat. Don't rock the boat. Don't change something, even if I propose it. <laughs> it's like, right, well, you, right. you proposed it. Like, how can you say that it's rocking the boat? So mm. uh, I think that there's similar things going on, but little by little... I think that there are changes being done. You know, don't you think? Mm. Well, well, here's well, here's, a, here's another um, part of it, which is uh, there's another explanation, mm -hmm. and that is the Japanese government is dominated by third and fourth generation descendants yeah. of long political dynasties, yeah. who inherited, um, you know, important assets like name recognition, mm -hmm. dedicated ele uh, electoral uh, machines, ample tax-exempt campaign funds, vast networks of cronies and special interest groups. Cronies, I love that um, word, sorry. Go on. Cronies, yeah. <laughs> and uh, the Prime Minister and the Deputy Prime Minister, Taro Aso, are the grandchildren of former Prime Ministers. Uh, Koizumi, the environment, the environment Minister, is the son of an ex-Prime Minister. The Defence Minister, Taro Kono, is the son of a former... Deputy Prime Minister. Mm. And it's always a, you know, it comes down to the accident of birth yeah. rather than the democratic will of the Japanese people. Yeah. Well, I mean, to 
have the desire to become a politician, I think, is unique. There aren't many people who really want to be a politician. So you could almost think of it as a trade in Japan. You know, mm. people who are blacksmiths, their, their kids became blacksmiths. Uh, right. People who are farmers, their kids became farmers. And the kids of politicians, well, they saw what their father did, and they're likely more likely to do that job than another job. So it might also be that kind of feeling. Uh, there's not this sense of, mm, I want that's to an interesting change point. the world. Yeah. Because I think it happens in America too, but not on such a grand scale. You, you think about, um, for example, the Bush, the Bush family. There is uh, the the Bush father, and then mm. all of his kids pretty much went into politics. Al Gore's father mm. was a politician. He was a senator for a long time. I think Mitt Romney's father also, yeah, Mitt Romney's father was also a politician. Mm. So, and all those all those kids became powerful influencers in the political world in America. If you think about like other countries as well. Uh, one of the first democratically elected presidents of Indonesia was Megawati, Megawati Sukarno Putri, who is the son of the father of the country, the modern country, Sukarno. So, mm, you interesting. Yeah, you have these things that um, are following through. Corazano Aquino, this is going back even further, <laughs> but her family, she became a democratically elected president of the Philippines and her family had huge political influences throughout many decades of life in the Philippines before that. So there's all kinds mm. of things that are going around there. I think uh, it's not just perhaps unique to Japan, but I, I think maybe it's kind of hard to break into the political establishment though. I think that's what the main point of the article is and what you're trying to bring mm, up to. Mm. And that yeah. can cause stagnation. Mm. Well, it calls into question democracy. Yeah. I mean, you don't... I mean, if you're always voting for the, the same people uh, on offer, you there's not really a lot of freedom and uh, differing views, mm -hmm. different, um, different insights right. into how to run a better country. Yeah. Um, just like in America, you've got... Yeah. Oh, you got uh, as we record. You've got you've still got the election, um, the upcoming election, which is in doubt whether it will go ahead or not. I mean, obviously, I think it's going to be a by, uh, by post. That hasn't yeah. been confirmed yet. But Probably I mean, the people on op on offer aren't very no. compelling. No, you got Joe Biden, who's what's going on in his brain, and the orange not a lot. guy. I mean, that's. Yeah. I think that's how I'm going to. Any time a Japanese person asks me what they think, what I think of Donald Trump now, I'm just going to say, well, first of all, you have to understand that he's orange. Mm, and as yes. an orange person, imagine what an orange person would do if he were in office. Mm, and then we right. can then we can talk. Um, I mean, it's the orange guy versus the guy who probably can't really form a sentence correctly. I don't know. Hmm. Mm. Yeah, not not a not a wealth of options on the table, but mm. then again, I mean, yeah. So I can't be too harsh on Japan when I see what's happening and the leader of the free world <laughs> 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 delivering delivering such compelling options to to the public. So 
<laughs> yeah, I I mean, I, I think that slowly but surely things are changing. And, uh, you know, although we don't officially have this concept of a lockdown because of the Constitution, I did read something. Maybe I can jump in here with an article that I saw and mm. maybe that can uh, piggyback on top of what you're talking about. There was uh, a person from the Japan Times who wrote an article uh, what's this person's name is Lar- Lawrence Repetta. He was a former law professor at Meiji University, one of the big universities in Tokyo. And he's a member of the Washington State Bar Association. <laughs> I don't know. That's one of the credentials for this person. I mean, I guess it takes a lot to become a lawyer, but just to become a member of the Bar Association of a random state in America, I don't know why that would be a credential you put in a in a newspaper article. But anyway, they mentioned something <laughs> called Article 41 in Japan's constitution. And according to the according to this lawyer, their their interpretation of this is that basically the diet and the prime minister have the right have certain rights under that constitutional article to institute a lockdown. Mm. Have you heard this before? No. No. Yeah, so I I I think that there's a way there's always an easy slippery slope of way of of instituting things that you want to happen. And they they mention they go back to the 2011 earthquake and he says that you know the government banned entry to areas that were highly infected with radiation. Right? So they've mm. already done things like that in our lifetimes, right, right? within recent mm. memory. But we don't remember that stuff because they say, well, it's the Constitution or whatever, right? But actually, they actually told us not to go there. It's illegal to enter that area because of public safety. And the Constitution mm. does allow for the diet to think about public safety, and that's in Article 13 of the Constitution, that government lawmakers should have the wealth and health and well-being of the people in the forefront of their minds when enacting laws or doing any policy. Hmm. So I thought that was kind of a a contrast to things that I've heard before. Mm-mm-mm. But also, I think it piggybacks onto what you're saying about how the politicians don't really want to implement things, even though they have the tools to do so. Right. Yeah. That's not in their best interest. Yeah. Um, I think uh, another point was uh, there was a news story about how Appa Hotel, they were going to open a bunch of their hotels for rooms for people with coronavirus or symptoms of corona. And mm. so then I read some things in message boards on japantoday.com oh it's just cronyism the the those prime ministers and politicians are going to make all kinds of money from their friends who work at Appa hotel but i think that's a bit cynical because they are offering the rooms <laughs> it's not like and there, <laughs> there, there needs to be there has to they we need space we need space for people who might get mm. sick so there there are different right. things that are going on that maybe um warrant some positive thoughts about the politicians i guess well then uh i'm i'm going to piggyback off that but mm-hmm. not to 
support what you said about positive politicians. Mm-hmm. It's about the <laughs> Japan cybersecurity minister. Ah, cybersecurity. Have you heard about him? Oh, no, I have not. His name is Yoshitaka Sakurada. Uh-huh. Uh, he, mm-hmm. this is coming from The Guardian. Okay. It's a British, British, uh, British uh, publication. The, he's the Japanese minister in charge of cyber security. Mm-hmm. Uh, he provoked astonishment by admitting mm-hmm. he has never used a computer in his professional life. <laughs> what better person do you want to be the head of your cyber security division in the government than someone who's never used a computer? I bet he has a super high-tech pen case. Yeah, I I bet he's probably the safest out of all of them because <laughs> yeah. he, you can't have access to him through a computer. There's no way of uh, finding any compromising online uh, information about this guy because he's just relying on his yellow notepad and his, fax his machine. pencil case and <laughs> his fax machine. Exactly. How do you hack a guy like that? It's probably brilliant in a way, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> he's he is foolproof. <laughs> How do you prevent <laughs> cybercrime? Don't yeah. go to computer. Don't know about and computers. And you would you would think you would think okay, so okay, let's exchange information you using a USB drive. <laughs> Wouldn't that be a good idea, right? USB drive? Well, apparently, he has no fucking idea what that is either. <laughs> he has no idea what a fucking USB drive is. How old is this guy? Does it say? 68. 68. Jesus Christ. You know, I do shigin, which is like a traditional singing thing in my group. There's a woman who is 84 years old, and she mm. uses a fucking iPhone. Wow, good for her. She's like, oh, I got this thing. Can you show me how to do this little thing? I'm like, oh, let me see that. And it's, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can do all kinds of stuff. All these people know how to do stuff. They got iPhones and smartphones and all kinds of crap. So to be 68 years old and not and the head of a ministry for cybersecurity, that says a lot about <laughs> his connections <laughs> and his ability to talk himself into things that he shouldn't. What is that? You probably know this. There's certain something in business where you con- constantly move up the ladder in something and then you hit a ceiling and some people go above that ceiling and they're not able to improve. Is there, isn't there a term for that? Um, There's a term for it. doesn't come to mind right yeah. now. Yeah, it's an interesting thing I, I, when I read about it. It's like you can constantly get promoted and each promotion you have to learn some things and then you improve and you get really good at that position. And so you get that warrants another promotion. But there's a point in time where your abilities don't match the promotion. And so you Mm -hmm. can fail even though people have praised you in the past for what you've done in previous positions. And perhaps this is what's happened to this guy. He just kept getting promoted. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, okay, cybersecurity. Well, maybe, you know, because you want to have confidence in yourself, right? It's like, we (laughs) want you to be cyber, the head of cybersecurity. But I don't really know much about computers. It doesn't matter. You can work, you can learn on the job and do, do your thing. But um, maybe he just he, didn't yeah. have the the wealth of knowledge, the reservoir he, of knowledge. He had a full he had a full plate yeah. as well, because he was also the minister in charge of the Olympic and para <laughs> Paralympic Games that and Tokyo was going to host. Is he? No, I'm just kidding. 
<laughs> so he's yeah, but he's the minister of the Olympics, the Olympic Games. Yeah. Yet he's got the cybersecurity and Olympics under his purview. Yeah. Well, I hope that now the Olympics is, have cancelled, he can really Relax. double down <laughs> on the cybersecurity aspect and learn what a fucking USB drive is. I mean, I don't even actually know what USB stands for. I never thought. Oh, of it's a uh, United. Uh, uh, oh, sorry, it's Universal Storage. Uh, I'm trying to remember from memory. US- I feel fucking uh, embarrassed now. Oh, uh, Universal Serial Bus. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not about to explain it now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, a PDF was that portable document folder file. Something finder, yeah, something like that. Yeah, we we, we yeah, they just completely fly. You know, um, uh, you take these acronyms for granted. You know, we don't really yeah. investigate. Yeah. I know what it looks like. I know what it does, but I don't know actually know what the acronym is. And even when you say the acronym, it's like, uh, okay, sure, <laughs> thanks. Uh, it's uh, it's quite interesting. Yeah, that's that's pretty. That's a good tidbit. Yeah. Also, on the on the topic of Olympics, mm-hmm. there's something that you might um, I want to I want to get your take on. Okay. There's um, I know the Olympics have been cancelled. We have no idea when this pandemic will be contained mm-hmm. and if not when but if the olympics will be on mm-hmm. next year right um but uh there's a an ethnic minority in japan called the ainu yeah a-i-n-u so they were the first people in japan mm-hmm. and they had have since moved to hokkaido mm. uh against their wishes i think <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that was their original intention, but I think they did. Um, yeah, they weren't living there originally, but from what I heard, they moved up there. At least it's um, nice in Hokkaido. Uh, it's cold America. as fuck. Yeah, it's cold as fuck, <laughs> but you can harvest things and it's beautiful. Like, you go, like, Native Americans, you know, they just got, like, the desert and you barely can find any water where they live now. At least they got Hokkaido. Yeah. Anyway. Well, these Ainu people, they were, um, they had been, been expecting to show, showcase their culture to the world mm-hmm. at the Olympics. They were going to use this as a, uh, as a time, as an event to really show the world who they are mm-hmm. in the form of a dance. Mm-hmm. But uh, I guess the... The minister, the cybersecurity minister, had other plans. Okay. Or oh, the people in charge of the Olympics because they scrapped those ideas. Uh-huh. And they said that they dropped it. Really? And their reasoning was uh, logistical constraints. Logistical constraints. Logistical constraints. Because you know what a car is? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should introduce them to the concept of motor vehicles. <laughs> so that this is a quote. So, quote, unfortunately, this particular Ainu dance performance could not be included because of logistical constraints Mm. related to the ceremonies. However, Tokyo 2020 is still deliberating other ways to include the Ainu community. Oh, okay. We're not going, we're not able to provide further details of the content Mm -hmm. of the opening and closing ceremonies. (laughs) It's on a USB, so so they don't know how to use it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, lost in the mail. (laughs) 
whatever however they're exchanging information yeah yeah it's been it's been lost <laughs> maybe that was the logistical constraints is that yeah, they can't use computers <laughs> he doesn't have Google it's all apps. handwritten notes maybe they're <laughs> using like fucking like carrier pigeons yeah. he has one of those old paper maps the booklet maps and he's like a7 hold on a second i gotta match a7 to b12 wait i gotta flip to page 56 hold on i don't think we can oh uh, this is too complicated let's go back to morse code <laughs> i don't think the trunk road i want to protect Edo our communication i want to co- co- i want to protect our communication using using these methods which which i'm sure other countries have long long forgotten so let's get back to morse code <laughs> Get the messenger runners ready. <laughs> yes. Well, um, I guess the people will just have to go to Hokkaido and visit the Ainu there and see what they're, what's up, what's going on over there. Have you met a real-life Ainu? I have not. I've only visited towns with Ainu names, I guess. Well, up in Hokkaido. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. That counts. Yeah, yeah. Don't worry about meeting them in person. <laughs> just go, just go to where the the town name after them. Yeah, I, I'm about Ainu'd out. <laughs> this is my cultural, uh, <laughs> cultural uh, sophistication right here. I don't give a fuck about the Ainu. <laughs> I, I didn't say that. Okay, come on. <laughs> I didn't say fuck the Ainu. I just said I never met an Ainu. It doesn't mean I want to tell them to go fuck themselves. I Here's a stereotype. Uh, I heard that they're very, really uh, hairy. That's what uh, many Japanese have told me. Because I asked, I asked, I said, well, "What hairy. are the Ainu like? What are they? What do they look like? Do they look like you? Do they look like really, you know, Japanese?" And they said, "Well, yeah, but they're hairy." <laughs> and I said, "What? Like on their, like all over, all over their bodies? Do women have beards?" It reminds me. Please, of, please elaborate. Uh, the the uh, you know Ali Wong. Do you know her stand-up? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I love her her in her uh, breakdown of the Asian man. He's like, I want to be with Asian men because they they don't have any hair on their bodies. They're like dolphins. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> so I guess they, the Ainu does not fit the description of a dolphin. So <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's why they got shunted off. They got yeah. you know. Mm. forced up to the north and because they got the hair for it right yeah so they can cover their bodies better up in hokkaido stay warmer hairy bodies okay on the on the on the theme of uh discrimination okay and a little bit of uh racism and uh there's a japanese university mm-hmm. suspected of misconduct uh-huh. after all south korean applicants yeah were given zero out of 50 for interviews despite scoring highly in written tests okay completely in japanese Mm. so um what 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 university was this um i'm trying to bring it up it's all actually i brought i I got the headline and i'm looking at it now Uh and so there's one is on yahoo japan Mm -hmm. and it's all in japanese Mm. hang on okay just um, I'm trying to uh, bring up the translation. I was just looking. It's not difficult to find like uh, random racist shit about Japan, mm-hmm. but that was like something that just stood out to me about Zero South Koreans because many of them are born. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, 
Zero out of 50. Wow. I mean, that's an accomplishment in itself to get zero. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, I mean, that's pretty hard. I, I've been giving... Ah, uh, okay, Okayama. Okayama, okay. University of Science. Mm. Did they... I pr- they probably asked some... How, w- what does what does USB stand for? And nobody could answer. And yeah, it it looks like they um, the actual interview went very poorly because they realized who they were uh, maybe talking to, mm-hmm. um, and. It's difficult. It was difficult for them to communicate in Japanese, despite a lot of the written. Even though uh, Hangul and mm-hmm. Japanese are completely different mm. um, character um, character systems, yeah. so the fact that they were able to get through that that stage mm. and then fall over in the interview stage mm. uh, d- didn't make a lot of sense. Mm. So they yeah. they they had excellent grades across the board, mm. and many of them, unfortunately, failed the last hurdle. Speaking, and that was when they actually had uh, speaking. When many of the people there were actually fluent, so-called fluent, mm-hmm. because they've got all the necessary certification to prove that they're fluent. Right. But apparently, once you get in front of a, a, a normal Japanese and they find out that you're Korean, mm-hmm. then uh, they say, uh, no, guess what? You're getting a zero. So how about that? Well, I mean, I want to know what the questions were and what the criterion was. What were, the, what were they mm. being asked? I want to know what questions were being asked. I'll have to put in more research next time into the to articles because uh, <laughs> I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't do much digging into, because into articles. Because you know what I was thinking? I was thinking, oh, yeah, this makes this is uh, in line. This is in line with many other reports of racism and discrimination yeah. I see in Japan. So it, it just fell in line yeah. with my prior thinking. Yeah, I think, I mean, of course, it's totally ridiculous for people to score nothing on a test uh, even you know uh, SAT scholastic aptitude tests in a, in America for university entrance you write your name and you get points mm. so the fact that they gave zeros across the board is an example of a poorly designed test mm. if you you know it, that's just ridiculous um, and they're fielding Korean applicants. Are, they were only fielding applicants for for foreigners. So it was like a for, a test for foreigners to enter the university. Mm. Yeah, and so there were no other applicants outside of Koreans. It was mainly Koreans. Mm-mm. Yeah. So that's a weird one. That's really. Um, yeah, that's an interesting one. I, I would like to hear a follow-up on that because that's just this person who works in education. I've never heard of a test where. Let's put this in. I'll uh, put this in the show notes. Yeah. So people can do their own little uh, investigative 
put you know do their own reporting yeah it's interesting it's an interesting one sorry i'm asking all these random questions that obviously no no that's good you're keeping me honest it's like uh like uh there was one time i i think i i one student out of 15 years that got a zero on one of my quizzes and it was amazing that she got a zero because it was multiple choice. And for you to get a zero out of 10 for multiple choice, it's really hard. Mm. <laughs> it's, not, mm. it's not like, because there's a 25% chance for each one. And if there's 10 questions, for you to get it all wrong, I mean, that's mm. pretty amazing. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah, I guess we should move on. I can't imagine listeners just, <laughs> I've been, I've been, I've been talking a lot. Do you have any other, do you have any news to share as well? Uh, well, I, I have, uh, on the, on the bright side of the coronavirus, uh, Pico Taro. Oh yeah. Pico. Oh yeah. 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 Pico Taro is, uh, he got famous a few years ago. He's a Japanese comedian. I don't remember his real name. His stage name is Pico Taro. And he became famous around the world, I think, because of Justin Bieber watched his video and tweeted out that he thought this guy was funny. And his first song was called PPAP, Pen, Pineapple, Apple Pen. I have a pen, I have yep. a pineapple. I have an apple, I have a pen, something like that. And kids mm. around the world liked it. All the Japanese kids loved it. And he wears this, like, garish uniform of leopard skin stuff around his body anyway he had a new song for the coronavirus uh for april 6th uh called ppap 2020 and the lyrics go like this i have a hand i have a soap and then he puts his hands together and he says wash 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 and then he says we will win and uh april this mm. came out april 6th by april 8th he had two hundred thousand views of his uh, twitter account for that video it's so, powerful, yeah. powerful message. Powerful meshes. Wash, wash, wash. I think mm. you should wash a little bit more than that. I think you're supposed to sing the birthday song two times. Mm. I think it's about 20 seconds. I think you're supposed yeah. to continually wash your hands. Yeah, it's hard to uh, do that, man. Are you good at that, washing your hands for 20 seconds? I've got OCD. Oh, are you, but are you wash good my hands 100. I was washing my, my hands like far too long and far too often oh, okay. before the pandemic broke out. Yeah, so you you wash for more than twenty seconds. Yeah, pretty much. I pretty much. I um, it depends. If I'm out, if I'm out, and I know whatever I touched could be, I don't know, from a like a foreign source, mm -hmm. or depends if I'm eating or not. If I'm going to eat something, then I do definitely wash my hands more than twenty seconds. But then, if I'm just out and about, um, I mean, in my house, I mean, if I'm if I'm uh, potting around my house, I, uh, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't wash my hands for that amount of time usually. Mm. Oh, okay. But I do, you know, every time I go to the bathroom or, you know, uh, just depend, just depends on the situation. But I definitely do wash longer and more often than most people, uh, most normal people. Yeah, I think that's uh, a. Uh I mean, it's, uh, I guess, uh, a benefit of having OCD in this time. As, you, as you've mentioned before, 
that you're able to do things that that normally that other people you know find it hard to do for example me i find it sometimes i forget like i go to the bathroom and i wash my hands quickly and then as i leave the bathroom i'm like oh wait a second and i go back and wash my hands longer because <laughs> i'm a, i'm out of habit of it hmm. uh, of washing for a long time um okay I want to talk about something that's not exactly, it's kind of in the news, but it's kind of news that I heard from my wife. It's secondhand news. And it's regarding pachinko parlors and the coronavirus. So everyone's, you know, a lot of news is about how the pachinko parlors, are are they necessary, are they essential places to be? And a lot of people, of course, I, I, I wouldn't think they are essential Right, I don't, you know, you, you hear those doors open, it's and the light, bright lights, and it just seems like a nuisance, even when it's not the corona pandemic occurring. But something my wife told me uh, this week that I, I was surprised to hear, which was, you know, there's some people who go to these pachinko parlors, they don't have other jobs. They make all mm. of their money off of pachinko. And they, they make upwards of 300,000 yen a month. So if the pachinko parlor closes, they lose their salary. <laughs> How? What? How is that possible? <laughs> because How are they're, they making, they're making 300,000 yen a month playing pachinko. I don't understand that. Yeah. Uh, really? Well, okay. That's why I said this. Okay, up this is secondhand. <laughs> this is secondhand knowledge, by the way. This is not from a verifiable, trustworthy <laughs> this is, news source. This is a conversation Sorry. I had my, with, with my wife uh, in the bathroom earlier this week. So okay. we can call this segment secondhand news. <laughs> right, right. But that's what she told me, and I believe most of what my wife says. <laughs> is she is she really saying that you, if you are a professional gambler? Yeah. Going in and spending a lot of your time in a pachinko parlor, yeah. you can make 300,000 yen a month, almost guaranteed. Yeah. Is that what she's saying? Yeah, that's what she's saying. Uh, <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know about that. <laughs> so 12 months a year, yeah. how much is that? Is that 5 million yen? Uh, what is that? Five, yeah. 5 million, what? Five, what uh, was that? Um, three? Okay, so what... What what is that? Well, let me three let me get a better <laughs> idea. Let me let me get a better idea three, of the numbers three, three where uh, million yen. Yeah, make three point so, six okay. million yen, right? A three hundred thousand yen a month. Mm-hmm. Three hundred thousand yen a month times three point six. Okay, yeah, yeah three point yeah. six million. Okay, so three point six million. Yeah, they're getting every every year. Yeah, and their only source of income is sitting down in front of those machines <laughs> and I don't know how many hours they're spending. Who knows? Maybe they're spending longer there than most office workers. <laughs> the I don't know. They're doing the overtime. <laughs> those people, they, yeah. they stand out. They are there. They're, like a low, they, I know. They're they, a many the hours. opens, they're standing outside. So they, wow. they're working as hard as the office workers that you know work all night. You think they're just having right. fun. No, man, they're working hard for their money. <laughs> working just as hard as everybody else so that requires a lot of dedication <laughs> so i don't know i mean that that's one way of looking at it i, I, I always thought it was just luck yeah. and a little bit of skill mm. but i guess 
you're saying it's lopsided. It's uh, it's the opposite. Yeah. The more skill you have, the more chances you have of making money. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah, isn't it? Well, I was surprised when there was like online poker. People were making money off of online poker. That kind of amazed me. Right. But uh, I guess you know, pachinko has been around so long, and there are people who freaking love pachinko. I. I just I can't even get myself I've never even walked into a pachinko parlor because they seem so they turn me off just by the doors opening it's just ridiculous like how noisy Yeah the sounds yeah just horrible It's like cacophony of sound yeah. and smoke as well yeah. I think they're still smoking there um, it's, it's ridiculous uh, yeah the smoking which is terrible for you uh, during the corona thing and it's just all of the combination of things, alcohol, smoking, and the just all these people around who aren't taking care of themselves inside this place. Mm. Mm. Uh, it's just weird. And I was just so surprised that my wife was, because my wife definitely doesn't like pachinko and doesn't like any of those things. So I was surprised for her to hear her tell me this. Right, right. So that's my uh, secondhand news, secondhand news corner. Wow, how how I was like uh, being um, precious about my news sources (laughs) and uh, (laughs) go to the New York Times. I mean, maybe I've got like a little bit of credit, you know, a little bit of credibility there. But no, no, my wife's got some information for me. I'm going to go with that. (laughs) Straight from the the bathroom sink. Bathroom sink. Straight, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, let me uh, get it back. All right, get it. Oh, have you? Yeah, is that no, you? no, please, please go on. Let's go to um, some official sources. This is coming from the Tokyo Reporter. Holy cow. There was a guy arrested in Nagoya mm-hmm. at Big Camera. Mm-hmm. You know the electronic store? Big, yeah. Big Camera? Yeah. So, uh, known for the electronics? Yeah. Well, um, a 42-year-old intoxicated man, Mm -hmm. um, uh, he was arrested. Oh, okay. And the reason reason why Mm -hmm. was he was shouting, Corona, Corona! (laughs) 11 a.m. Corona, Corona. He said... He's shouting Corona, Corona, and then he told uh, a male employee of Big Camera, mm-hmm. located near uh, Nagoya Station mm-hmm. in Nakamura Ward. Mm. He told them that I am infected with Corona. I am infected with Corona, Corona, Corona. Hmm. And so the store halted operations hmm. momentarily, yeah, because of the confusion and him shouting. And. Uh, and that's when the police arrived. Yeah. Well, and yeah. you know what else? You know what else he said? What do you say? I would like to speak to a lawyer. <laughs> Obviously, the guy has <laughs> mental issues, right? <laughs> I mean, it's like. <laughs> I mean, he has corona on the brain. At least that's. Uh, <laughs> that's what was that song that you were trying to make? <laughs> 
<laughs> Remember that song? You came up with an idea for a song. Yeah, my Corona. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I could imagine him. Sh- like, if he knew that, he would have sung those. He would have sung that song. Ooh, I'm feeling big camera. now. I'm shaking out. When I, <laughs> when, I read, when I read this article, I was thinking about you with that song. <laughs> I was like wondering, was he shouting or was he singing? I was singing it, but I could shout it if you'd like. Ooh, I'm getting shivers now. I need a plan <laughs> now. Ooh, ooh, ooh. My oh, no. So that was, uh, yeah, something a little more, yeah, Corona, Corona related. Yeah. When I was probably just a drunken idiot. Yeah, drunken idiot, mental issues, you know. Did, did, was there a video of it? Uh, not that I saw. Um, oh, that's too bad. Actually, there's photos. Oh, okay. No, I nice. think he was actually on, yeah, so I think it made television. All right, pretty cool. I'm sure his family... That's how fortunate we are, Yeah, living in, in Japan. Mm. In terms of crime and shit and uh, just societal, um, I don't know, vagrants or people causing, like, uh, dis- you know, uh, not acting in a harmonious way in Japan, not conforming. They really stand out mm. when you do come across them. Um, they do make headline news because mm. it, 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 it runs counter. Yeah. to what most people would actually do. I think he was fully aware of this crisis, yet he shouted it out mm. like a big fuck you to society. Oh, maybe he's just lonely. Oh, that could be it too. Corona, Corona, look at me. It's more like, look at me, look at me. Call the police. Good, more people to talk to. <laughs> <laughs> you want me to fill out some forms? Teach me how to do it. You're talking to me at least. Yeah, yeah. Well, I got like a little more, um, a little more humor. Oh, actually, it's not so humorous, but I found that a little bit funny. Mm-hmm. You know, in Japan, how kids do the kancho. You know, when they do, they oh, they, yeah, they position yeah. their fingers in a way uh-huh. to put their fingers up someone's ass. Yeah, and that's called a kancho. Mm-hmm. Maybe you know more than I do. Where, where, did it, where does that come from? I have no idea. I don't want it to come from anywhere. I <laughs> <laughs> but didn't you find it surprising when you when you come across kids like putting their fingers up your ass, yeah, up your asshole, and they think it's the funniest thing uh, in the world? I, I guess it's because. Where and I just think that from. you're trying to, you know, you're you're, you're really. Um, it's almost. No, sexually, uh, like, you know, abusive, you know, like r- yeah. rape in a way. Because yeah. you're putting, in, inserting an object, like your fingers, in my asshole. The but Japanese it, I mean, kids kid love it. I understand the concept of rape. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm an adult getting a kid having their, their fingers shoved in my asshole. I, I consider that rape. <laughs> Stop rape. What's rape? It's when you forcefully sexually assault somebody. What's assault? <laughs> I have no idea what any of those words mean that you just said. <laughs> yes. Okay. But, yes. But you should maybe, maybe you could ask uh, ask the wife. Maybe you could ask the wife about it. Yeah. Well, no. The the reason I I bring it up is because uh, there's a headline here. I'm going to read this to you. Mm-hmm. And you let me know if my if what I said about control is related. Okay. 
Man, man dies after co-workers shoot compressed air up his butt. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds like an Onion article. (laughs) That doesn't sound like a real article. Uh, And you know... You know what's even funnier? Uh-huh. Is that it's not only one article. There's like a multiple uh, cases of this. Well, what's the... Oh, yeah. What are the other... Are there other article titles? My man man arrested for killing friend by blasting compressed air up rectum. That's not as funny as the first one, but go on. East Japan man in serious condition after colleague fires air compressor up his backside. I just love the phrase East Japan man. It sounds like some really sad superhero. <laughs> I'm going to put this in the uh, show notes, but there's one. And these are all different years, by the way. Uh-huh. These are not the same time. These are different years. Oh, okay. One's from 2017. Man, like one, a, fo- one is from 2000. <laughs> one's from, one from 2020. Okay. March 2020, mm-hmm. and the other one is from July 2018. Mm-hmm. So these are different instances of compressed air uh, killing, well, a couple of them, yeah. but then putting someone in a critical, uh, serious uh, condition. But then one of the articles uh-huh. has uh, a reenactment video. <laughs> 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 is it made made in Taiwan? One of those like computer generated. Yeah, I think it was probably one of those Taiwan Taiwanese um, Taiwanese oh. hatchet jobs. I, I oh you, fuck! Look, you know what? <laughs> if you need a computer graphic to explain this, you really need to <laughs> beef up on your imagination because I immediately can picture what happened in my mind exactly. I don't need a computer generated it. Uh, image to tell me what that looks like oh shit uh hang on uh where's uh uh i'm just trying to try to find like some of these um the notes in it mm-hmm. um some of the interesting parts of the of the article mm-hmm. but um one of them says uh the it was an industrial waste treatment plant in saitama okay and Two of the plant's employees, a mm-hmm. 47-year-old oh God. Uh, resident of Saitama and a, and a 36-year-old living in Chiba, they held down one of the co-workers, a 44-year-old male uh-huh. uh, named Yoshiyuki Koguchi. Uh, may, may, oh, sorry. Sorry about that. I don't mean to laugh at your expense. Uh, but they used industrial strength air compressor to shoot air. Through actually through the man's pants and into his anus, so they didn't take off. They didn't remove the pants and uh, the boxes. They just went straight through the fabric. It sounds that like was a rivalry. Rivalry. That's a. I can't say this word. Rural. We talked about rural rivalry. You, do you you know that movie that came out last year, Tonde Saitama? Do you know this movie? No, no. It's uh, it's basically set in this fantastical world where Tokyo is the center of Japan's universe, and everyone else in the the surrounding prefectures are beholden by the kingdom of Tokyo. And Saitama mm. is like this crappy place, and Chiba is this crappy place, but they're both competing against each other to win the rights to enter Tokyo. 
And um, there's mm. all of these fantastical looking manga s looking clothes that everyone wears and stuff like that. It's a very funny movie, but it sounds like something right. you would have seen in a scene in that movie where they're like, "Okay, you better s- tell us the information. What are the secret codes to enter the city? Tell me now! Tell me now! Or you're gonna get this high pressure thing up your ass." Mm. You know, just that wasn't the case. No. Both both suspects have admitted to the allegations telling police that they were horsing around and they did not think this would turn into such a major incident. I really like the term horsing around. I mean, yeah. especially when it uh, it's applied to people nearing 50 mm. in an industrial waste factory, industrial waste place. Jesus Christ. I mean, it, and, it, yeah, yeah, go on. Oh, sorry, go on. Uh, I, I was just thinking, like, once you just said the word industrial waste, it just sounded like the bane of anyone's existence would be walking into a place and your company, where you work, is called industrial waste. Like, mm. you must just feel like you are the bottom of the bottom of everything. And there's got to be a way out of it. And the way out of it is to hold one of your co-workers down and shove this thing up his ass. That's I'm sure they're having a good laugh at the time. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, it was probably uh, the highlight. That's why I brought up Kunchul. Yeah. That's why I brought up Kunchul before. Because well, okay, I see. there's this practice as a kid, You, as you're growing up, it's hilarious to shove, the, shove your fingers in other kids' assholes. Mm-hmm. It's hilarious. So I, I, it's not that much of a stretch to imagine. You know, you you grow up, you're an adult, and then you find some compressed air, and you've got a, a colleague and friend there. You're like, hey, hey, this will be hilarious. Hey, come over here. Hold him down. <laughs> What's weird is that it's happened more than once. Three times from what I, uh, the ones that I picked up on. Jesus Christ. There's another one of uh, this guy in uh, Ibaraki killing... Uh, yeah. One of his, uh, one of his co-workers as well, with an anal assault. I mean, with air, with an air compressor. Anal assault. Jesus Christ! I mean, at this point, I would recommend huffing pain over doing this. I mean, yeah. I mean, just don't, don't hurt your. Co-workers. Injecting a, a blast of lethal wind deep into the victim's body. That's what I'm reading right here. Injecting lethal a blast wind. of lethal wind. Sounds like someone farted on your face. I know. <laughs> Suffocated you with his ass. <laughs> Lethal Wind. That sounds like some parody movie made by Christopher, Christopher Guest. Like, what is that? Mighty Wind. That's what it's called. Uh, and the, this is what the guy says. He says, uh, the guy who confessed, he yeah. said, uh, I just did it as a prank. Yeah, I didn't true. think you could possibly die from that. Yeah, neither Which would Which is probably I. true. I would never thought that you could die from an air compressor up your ass. Yeah. I mean, it's the, I mean, it's so far away from your heart. You know, it's the far, well, I mean, mm. it's not the farthest part of your body, but I mean, it's, and, uh, you know, you just don't think of, like, what, I guess it ruptured things. Okay. Yeah. This is uh, a spokesman at the Ryu Gasaki Police Department. Uh-huh. He said, uh, it was a tragic accident, hmm. but. Not mm. the first of its kind. <laughs> the air compressor was pushed up against the anus huh. over clothing, yeah. not directly into the cavity. Yeah. And the release of the air into the body probably damaged the lungs, causing death. Wow. 
it went all the way to the lungs. See, I didn't know that there was a direct pipeline from your anus no up idea. to your lungs. No idea. Uh, I mean, that really, but you know, I that, that kind of reminds me completely not related, but it reminds me of the Robert Crumb documentary that came out back in the mid 90s. And um, his brother, Robert Crumb, you know, the famous uh, cartoonist, uh, comic book artist, his brother uh, became like a, a yogi, homeless. He was homeless and he was a yogi kind of thing, living on the streets of San Francisco. And he was doing this one yogic practice where you, you take a piece of string and you keep swallowing it until you can pull it out of your anus. Wow. So I have visual confirmation that there is a connection between one's mouth and one's anus. But, um, Jesus, I just did realize that it could go reverse like that. And, and to also, uh, I just want to be clear to listeners. Um, I'm not making light of the fact that people died. I'm not laughing. Um, well, I kind of am laughing at the misfortune of it, but I'm also, but I'm also just think it's hilarious. I, well, I'm it's not, the way. I'm not trying to lessen the impact of the death of someone. Mm-hmm. Uh, that sucks. It fucking sucks that they died like this. Um, but that's Japanese news yeah. for you in terms of um, something that's unique that you don't really hear very often in other countries. Mm-hmm. Uh, be careful of working in an area with Japanese around compressed air. Yeah. That's what I've got to say. <laughs> this is a fucking warning. If you ever find yourself with a Japanese person with compressed air, get the fuck out of there. <laughs> Bad things will happen. So just, yeah, I, I agree with you. But condolences to the families yes. uh, of those, of those poor victims. What a way to go, though. Yeah, Jesus. I mean, life-giving air. I mean, if we don't have air, we don't live. And to die by air is just something that we wouldn't think of normally. Mm. No, you wouldn't. Well, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna change it. I'm gonna change it to a little more heartwarming. Okay. Heartwarming. Here's a, here's some heartwarming news. Okay. During the crisis, as you know, you're 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 working remotely, right, with your yep. classes. Yep. But um, there was a there there was there were some enterprising there was some enterprising work, some innovative and uh, innovative work by a school, mm-hmm. um, which. They wanted to hold a graduation mm-hmm. ceremony for an ele- elementary school, uh-huh. but they couldn't because of the coronavirus. Right. So instead of everyone meeting, having to meet together to celebrate people's graduation, what they did instead was uh, they created a virtual graduation ceremony mm. in Minecraft. <laughs> Do you know Minecraft, the game Minecraft? I know it slightly. Yeah, so they they made this virtual graduation for for students. That's nice. That's quite. That's really nice. Yeah. I mean, it probably took a lot of time to put that shit together. So I'm sure that's that's an interesting way of dealing with the issue. Have you mm. seen? Have you seen that there's uh, something where like there was a these robots with iPads on them, and then you could see the face of the person. As they went around. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, if you've seen that before. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. 
There was that too, but I hadn't heard of the Minecraft one. That's that's kind of nice. Yeah, I thought that was like really nice. You know, using technology to your advantage, and kids still get to use. Um, or you're using a video game, mm. which goes against most policies, I think, in schools. Right. No video games. <laughs> so, so, yeah, so you're using, you're bridging the divides. Mm. Um, so I can imagine that being really a really popular, uh, popular little innovation. Mm. Definitely. That sounds like uh, it's a really nice thing. I think that's a good way to end.